Welcome to Bulls, Bears, and Bourbon, the investing show with a buzz. Sit back, relax, let's take the edge off, grab a nice glass of bourbon, and enjoy. Cheers from your host, James Vermillion. But first, let me kindly remind you, the information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Bulls, Bears, and Bourbon. I am James Vermillion, your host and founder of Vermillion Private Wealth, an innovation-focused investment management and financial planning firm, and this is episode one. It is finally here. I'm super excited to launch this show, and I thank you for listening. It's a new year. This is a new podcast, and I'm excited to start both off with a bang. I've got a special guest today. This guy gets me pumped up every time I talk to him. He's really an incredible man. He's got an incredible story, and I can promise I will not be challenging him to a push-up contest today. He is the owner of Guru Fitness, the author of The Making of a Guru. He's a motivational speaker. He founded the Wanda Joyce Robinson Foundation, which serves youth affected by incarceration. He's an investor. Hell, I'm probably missing some things, Dell. but (laughs) welcome to the show, man. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm I'm definitely delighted to be, you know, at least you consider me as the first one to kick off your New podcast. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. 2021. We got a lot of big things going. We do. You know, well, I'm ready. You know, I was going to lead with, we've got a lot in common, right? We both have uh, new babies at home, new, yes, young daughters. You, yes. You've got, a, you've got a couple rounds of experience though. So yes. it, this is my, my first go. But uh, the other thing is we're both just jacked as hell, dude. Just physical specimens. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> why are you laughing? Who, who's Jack? Me or you? <laughs> we, trust me, we won't be uh, we won't be doing a push up competition in here today. Oh, so. But uh, no, seriously, I'm, I'm excited to have you. You've got a, a very inspirational story. Really, just a, an incredible comeback story is kind of the way I look at it. Somebody who uh, took their life by the horns and really decided to to do things in a different way. And uh, it's a difficult thing for a lot of people to make changes, but you show people that it can be done. I um, mean, you've done it in a lot of different ways and, and we'll, uh, we'll get into that, the different elements and aspects of, of your life that you've changed because it wasn't just getting in shape and it wasn't just changing some of your habits. It was really all inclusive. And I think those things all kind of fed into each other. So we'll get into that, but this is a bourbon show too. It's called bulls, bears and bourbon. And, I, I know you're not going to make me drink alone up here. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to sip. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sip. F- fair enough. That's yes. fine. I might uh, start sipping, and then next thing I know, I might be chugging. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, we'll Lord. see how it goes. But I got something, um, a bourbon today that that I really love. It was, uh, it, well, I'll just say what it is. It's it's Four Roses Small Batch Select. So the regular small batch edition was one of my favorites, just one of my go-tos for for years. It was always available. You could get it in restaurants. Price was always right. And just a solid, solid, very well-made bourbon. This particular version came out in 2019 um, after Brent Elliott took over as the master distiller at Four Roses. Um, I believe it's a a marriage of six different um, Four Roses recipes. So it's something a little bit different. It's 104 proof, which to me is right in... You know, a lot of people are loving these these big, bold barrel proofs, you know, 130 proof. That's a little, little much for me. My sweet spot is kind of that 100 to 110. This is 104 proof, so right in there. And uh, it's aged, I think they said that these aged six to seven years, um, everything that was blended. So let's uh, let's take a second to, to sip and just give me... Uh, do, they, do they got 90 proof? <laughs> got, bourbon can go down to 80, so um, I wasn't going to let you off that easy, though. <laughs> what do you think from initial thoughts i know you're not normally necessarily a bourbon guy no i'm not it's it's smooth though i can i could drink it yeah i mean especially for 104 proof i mean at 80 you know i would consider that maybe a little hotter but at 104 proof you know that's substantial um i think it's delicious i get a lot of a lot of caramel and um quite a bit of cherry there on the back end yes little little sweetness 
um, coming in at the tail end, which is nice um, with something that's I think that's might be the best part, the, the sweetness that you can taste. Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. We'll, we'll talk more about the bourbon later. I just wanted to get your initial, but I like, I like that uh, reaction though. That was, that was good. <laughs> so before we get into your story, and like I said, your story is a really good one. I want to talk about a couple things in the news um, that are related to investing. You know, at my firm, Vermillion Private Wealth, one of the main things I focus on is innovation and technology. I really believe that, t- you know, technology and, and innovative changes that yes. change how we live are, are going to be um, advantageous places to put your money. Right. Um, so a lot of my focus is on that. And a lot of the news segments that I talk about are going to come out of that. So first one, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on this guy. We have, as of, I think it was a week or two ago, a new richest man in the world. Right. Um, Elon Musk, very polarizing guy. People love him. Or they hate him, it seems like. Um, I don't know too many people who are indifferent. Speaks his mind. He definitely does that. And, and that's my type of people. He's assertive. He speaks his mind. He doesn't hold back, you know, because he feels like he can't say the right, I mean, the wrong thing. He just says what he feels. And this this becoming the world richest man, like, it it just really it motivates me, like, just to see that stuff, you know, because I really feel like that anything is possible, Mm-hmm. You know, and he believed in himself enough because you got to think some of the things that he was doing, people thought he was crazy with the SpaceX and the Tesla at the beginning. And now look at it. You know, you yeah. got to have that. I look at it from he had that true belief. Like he had that. He was certain. Like a lot of people just be like self-confident, but like he was certain. And that's a different type of confidence when you're certain in yourself. Like you you can't get wavered and you have unshakable faith in yourself. So I I truly Love watching his story, watching him move, and because it just gives me inspiration. Well, you know what I love about him? Uh, all those things first. Um, but man, he really pisses off corporate America sometimes. <laughs> you know, I love that. <laughs> yes, it, yes. You know, things don't always have to be so stuffy. And so, and and for years and years and years, um, you know, when you turned on CNBC or when you, you know, that he was being criticized for right. that. But But to me, you know, there needs to be an element of realness in business and in corporate America too. And I think what he proved is you can do that. And not only will investors tolerate it, they'll embrace it because they're saying, okay, this is a man who really believes what he's saying. Yes. Um, and he's, he's acting um, in that way. So to me, I'm, I've always been an Elon Musk fan, even probably before it, he was as big as he is today. Um, so I think it's fantastic, but he's added over 150 billion dollars to his net worth in the last 12 months. And that's comes from innovation and, and being certain. And what I, what I, what I see is that he didn't conform to what everybody else thought. He didn't conform like all the other CEOs, all the other people that run these major com- I mean, companies. He, he did it his way. And that's what I take from it. And that's why I'm going to do it my way. Like I'm not going to, my gym's not going to run like every other gym. I I feel like that my gym is here to change the way fitness is done for years to come. Yeah. And, well, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do as well here with my firm. I mean, things, how people want to be treated and how people want to be talked to and how people want to interact with people in their lives is changing. Yes. Technology's changing. People don't want to take, you know, you know, two months and sending paperwork back and forth to get accounts open. Yes. You know, people at your gym, they want to be able to reach you outside of when they're at the gym. Right. And I know you've done a lot of things to, to try to do that. And I think that's one of the things we've seen um, with Elon Musk. He's super accessible. Yes. Even though now he's the richest person um, in the entire world. Um, and that so- goes back to this doing the things that you was doing before you had that money. You Like he keeps him grounded you know, he stays connected to the people. And sometimes as business owner entrepreneurs, you know, we lose that connection. We lose that bite mm-hmm. that we had when we was starting from the ground up. And then once you make it to a certain level, you feel like, you know, you don't got to do those same things. But that's this thing that built your company to where it is today. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I mean, think about this. How many times was Tesla on the brink of failure? And I mean, I think Elon has said this many times himself. He gave Tesla, I think he, I think he said 10% chance of succeeding. 
Um, but when you're aiming that high and you're trying to change an industry that hasn't been changed in, you know, probably 60, 70 years, um, when you're, when you're going into a world where sometimes a lot of people had interest in Tesla not succeeding. Right. Um, and those are difficult odds and doing what he did. That's why I love him. I think he, he took on something that most people thought he would fail at. Yes. And now you, you're looking at legacy automakers <laughs> copying him. Right. They laughed at him at first and said, no, he's not a competitor. That's ridiculous. There's no no demand for electric vehicles. They're slow. They're... And he took all of those things and he created something that people love. They laughed at him. They didn't accept him. Then they started accept. Now they're copying. So it's come full circle. Yes. And I, and I'm a... Um... And in my book, it, it talks about taking adversity and using it to your advantage. And that's exactly what he did. Sorry, I was taking a little sip there, but no, I agree with you. Um, so, yeah, great. I'm glad we agree on Elon Musk. I know there will be some listeners who think he's totally crazy and maybe he is in a certain way. But but you, you have to be crazy. To think you can change the world. That's right. You're right about that. You're right about that. So let's move on. Have you ever heard of CES, the CES. Consumer Electronics Show? No. It's every year. It just happened. Normally, I think it's in Chicago. I could be wrong on that, but huge technology show. I mean, it's where a lot of really cool, innovative products have been unveiled going back into 1967. So this year, of course, COVID screwed everything up, um, <laughs> including CES. Um, so they did it online. But uh, just to give you an idea, here are some some of the, the products that were unveiled. 1970, the first home VCR. 1975, Atari, the Pong uh, home console you could play. 1981, a compact disc player. 1982, the Commodore 64, uh, 8-bit home computer. 85, the Nintendo NES. 88, this one surprised me, Tetris. I thought Tetris would have been older than 1988. But anyways, um, (laughs) 1993, Remember these? You remember the PDAs, the the, the personal digital assistants? They were like the little thing like this. You can they were like an iPhone, except it wasn't a phone. You could just like take notes on it and stuff. They never really never caught on, but I guess probably it inspired a lot of the things that went into the iPhone later. Yes. That was 1993, 96 DVD player, 2001, the Microsoft Xbox, and 2013 Oculus Rift. So this is a big thing. A lot of big companies and now a lot of smaller companies as well basically mm-hmm. come there and show off their technology. Um, it gets a ton of press every year. Um, a lot of geeks, you know, right. like me watching that stuff. Um, but this I thought was pretty interesting. And this this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Tesla and the legacy automakers copying what they're doing. GM launched what I've heard kind of phrased as Operation Beat Tesla. Um, uh, part of that, they they have an arm called Bright Drop that they basically unveiled. Part of their company called Bright Drop, and they they unveiled two products. The first one is called EP One. It's an electric pallet that lugs packages from warehouses to delivery vans, from delivery vans to your doorstep. So what it really looks like is like a robotic box. That's what I was thinking. So yes. you know, which to me. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, I've been to the Toyota plant. They basically have things like that yes. going all over their factory anyway. So I was not overly impressed, but the second one was the EV 600, which was an electric delivery van has a 250 mile range. And they're looking to deliver the first vehicles by the end of 2021. And they're starting with 500 for FedEx. So you know, when I see these things, that, and there, there's also some other things in there, delivery software and services, location tracking, you know, all of these things. GM is committing $27 billion to pivot to electric vehicles. $27 billion. And they're going to unveil 30 new electric vehicle models by 2025. So, you know, one of the things I just find so interesting about this is where where would GM be today? If they would have started this five years ago, they'd be ahead of the game. And instead, they waited to Tesla. Exactly. And then, you know, sometimes you got to, they want, they want to see if it's going to work before they actually put their foot in the game. 
For sure. And, and that's a big problem. And that's why companies disappear. I'll give you an example. Blockbuster. Yes. Yes. They saw what Netflix was doing. I don't think they thought it would work at the beginning. And they said, well, if it starts to work, then we'll do it. We'll, 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 then we'll jump in and we'll, we'll get a piece of the pie. But guess what? It was too late. Netflix took over. It was too big. Exactly. They waited yeah. way too long. And I care more about, are you going to be profitable 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now? Right. Um, because, you know, who cares what you're doing today? We're not investing for today. No. We're investing for the future. So um, I think a lot of people forget about that. And they're trying to find companies that are doing well today. And they're forgetting to look at how are they setting themselves up for the future. Right. So anyways, interesting stuff there with GM. I hope they're successful because I want to see more electric vehicles right. out there in general. But uh, we'll we'll see if they are or not. Did you watch the inauguration at all? We have a new president and vice president today. Did you did you watch any of it? No, I was actually at the gym. Well, that's where I would expect you to be, so I'm not surprised. I was actually at the gym, and I was actually up with my son move in for UK. Oh, well, there you go. So, there you so go. that that's obviously uh, important. I'll be honest; I didn't watch much of it either. Right. I, I had a meeting, and I came back to my office, and I turned it on um, just on my computer streaming, and I happened to turn it on when Amanda Gorman was doing her poem. Did you read about that? Yes, or did you I, see the I've, clip? Been, I've been seeing it all over social media. She stole the show. Yes. Knocked it out of the park. I mean, I literally turned it on as she started talking. And I, as soon as she finished, I turned it back off. I said, that, nothing's beating that, I don't no, think. That was enough. So, but, you know, so that poem, uh, The Hill We Climb, damn, that was, yes. that was good. Yes. And yes. I like this part. And I could never read it as good as she did. But she said, let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even if we grieved, we grew, that even if we hurt, we hoped, that even if we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Yes. Man. I wish I could have written that. <laughs> Come on. She's 23 years old. Yes. 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 That's, that's just talent. And I, I think they said that she was supposed to be like, um, in school, she was like in special ed or something, and she turned out to be like a genius. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, so she's like a they they consider like a genius. Well, I know she was. She won like the junior poet laureate. Mm-hmm. Um, and just from that poem that I saw her perform, I yes, mean, she, it's incredible. I see. Really I've incredible. been seeing a lot of women like posted all over social yeah. media, and like she just she just gave women so much more strength so much more power that they can do whatever they want well and well as you're looking at it like women are coming ceos just much as men are they starting companies and you know they they feel like they got their foot in the door they just as equal and they are taking off dude things are changing you got to keep up <laughs> it's okay with me changing. i have a daughter I'm with you i'm with you <laughs> so, i do too I you know too. I, i'm you, okay with that your daughter is what 10 months old my daughter is 11? 10 months 10 months. Okay. 10 months. Yeah. So my, my daughter, Natalie's about a month behind. Yes. So I need to call you more often for advice. Oh man. Plus, plus you're on kid three. So <laughs> kid three, but girl number one, have boys. That's true. That's, That's true. Whole new ball game. Right there. <laughs> like, woo. All right. Well, Hey, let's do this. The, the main reason I had you on that stuff was fun and drinking bourbon with you is fun. Yes. But, um, I really want you to share your story. A, I want to hear it again. I read your book. <laughs> I loved your book. Um, but I just want to, I, I, I want to, I want you to be able to tell your story because I think it's really powerful. And then just give us the, the trim down version. Yeah. And then maybe we'll talk about some of the, some of the related points. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. Um, <laughs> I don't know about sweet, but I'll make it short. <laughs> uh, so my name is Dev Robinson, you know, our owner of Guru Fitness. Founder of the Wanda George Robinson Foundation, author of The Making of the Guru. I have three kids, two boys and one girl. Um, back in 2000, well, let's go back to 95. 95, I played football for Franklin County. I went to Western Kentucky University to play football. And I actually ended up leaving Western Kentucky in 97 and going back home and kicking it with my childhood friends mm-hmm. and most of my childhood friends were into drugs they was in the streets 
and I fell victim to being in the streets with them. Um, so I ended up eventually getting back into the uh, getting into the street game and selling drugs, and I ended up going to prison in two thousand one. But before then, I had a, a son, my oldest son, mm-hmm. Delvon, which is 24 now. He'll be 25 next month. No, March. And um, I went to prison, got out 2005, didn't learn not one thing in prison the first time. I didn't <laughs> learn nothing. Like I just worked out and watched sports basically every day. Didn't pick up mm-hmm. a book. If I picked up a book, it was a book that really didn't mean nothing. It didn't teach me nothing. So I ended up getting out two thousand five. Now I got two boys, which is Wandell. Wandell's um, now four. You know, I had him every day with me when I got out. I got out. Didn't last nineteen months. Right. Didn't last nineteen months. Went right back to prison. Right. Ten years, federal prison. Liked it so much the first time. Yeah. Like <laughs> they they didn't spank you hard enough the first time. I guess not. You know. So I, I ended up going back. 10 years. And like I said, you know, my, my youngest son was like my Batman Robin. Like we was together every day, you know, besides when I was doing, what I was doing. Right. So I ended up having to tell him that I was going to be gone for 10 years. Like I had to like literally talk to him through a glass and say, listen, I'm not going to be able to take you to football games. I'm not going to be able to take you Chuck E. Cheese or, you know, whatever things that we used to do a lot of. And I just had to tell him, like, I wasn't able to do it. And then just walking, just having to tell him and seeing the the look in his eyes and the tears that welled up in his eyes as I was walking away from the glass, you know, that was like my my C moment. Mm-hmm. What I call C moment is significant emotional event. That's your rock bottom. Mm-hmm. So that was my rock bottom. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't know, like, I have dreads. But when I walked away from that glass, I didn't have dreads. So I walked away from that glass saying, you know, I'm going to come back a better man. I'm going to be a better man. My kids need better. They deserve better. I deserve better, you know. So I took those 10 years and I basically studied my craft, which is fitness, personal development, studied everything. I learned about myself, took full responsibility for my role, everything that I did. I couldn't blame it on nobody else. So the whole 10 years, I turned that prison cell into a classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I studied, I did it all. Like, I just looked at every aspect. How can I change my life and make it better for me and my family? So I ended up getting out 2017. And I went to prison in 2007. So I got two, I got out 2015, I'm sorry. And I was certified. I was a certified personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I had my certification, CPR, whatever. And I was in Lexington, and I applied for every gym to get a job. And not one gym coming back and said, we will hire you. So, you know, I had to, I had to check the box. I had to check the box and say I was a felon. Right. You know, and I mean, I could have lied. I could have lied and probably got away with it, but what's the use? You know, like I'm, I'm on the right, I'm on the right path. So I'm going to do what's right. So I checked the box and I told her I was upfront and being honest with them. But, you know, hey, everybody's not willing to give you a second chance. And I was, and I was okay with that. So they didn't, they didn't call me back. I ended up getting a job at a factory, which I hated. <laughs> I hated it. But it was allowing me to put food on the table, allowed me to take care of my family. So I worked that job for like three months. And then I ended up getting a job at a, a university, cleaning toilets, vacuuming, you know, stuff that I knew. All the I wasn't, fun stuff. Yeah, you know? that I knew that I wasn't meant to be doing. So I ended up taking that job. But then on my lunch break, though, I would train some of the athletes that they had for free on my lunch break. I would literally take my lunch break and not go eat and just go to train so I can get my name out there, you know, record a little bit, put it on Facebook, get a little buzz. So that worked for a while. And then I just end up 2006, 2015, the end of 2015, Christmas, my son, Wandell came and he was like, Dad, what you got for me for Christmas? You know, he was pumped. He was Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so used to dad always being able to buy him stuff just from my old lifestyle. And I was, I, I didn't have nothing for him. That was to me, Dell. That was the part of the book that was, uh, well, one of, one of the parts that was very touching because, you know, you realize there's a disconnect to a kid 
Yes. They don't realize what you're providing now that you weren't providing before. Yes. And you didn't have an opportunity to teach them. You didn't have an opportunity to teach Wandale at that point. You know, I'm, I'm actually giving you so much more than I was giving you before. Exactly. But kids can't understand that. They want right. the Legos or you yeah, know, he whatever. Want, actually, he wanted, he was looking for like this baseball bet that costs like 300 something dollars or something like that because he was playing baseball. Right. You know, I love he went playing baseball and then he was one he was looking for this bat and this bat baseball bag. And I'm like, I don't have nothing for you. All I have is make sure you got food, make sure you got these bills are paid. Right. And at the time I was at the halfway house, halfway house was taking twenty five percent of my gross, not of my net. Right. And so they was Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I you was, weren't making a I was a lot. not making a lot. So so you, you you're coming back with not a whole lot. Nothing. But, but, but it's yours. I came back with my freedom and my dream. Right. You know, that's right. what I came back with. I had some freedom and I had my dream and I held on to it. So that day he laid on my lap and he, he cried. I'm like, you, you, you got to go for it. Yeah. So that from that day, I got on my phone and I started posting and saying, well, listen, I'm going to start hosting boot camp classes in my garage. I had like $40 and like two pieces of equipment, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I'm going to make this work somehow, some way. So, and January the 1st came, people started showing up and I, and my brain was like, okay, we're going to have like 10, 20 people in here and we're going to get it. <laughs> Three people showed up, <laughs> you know, like reality. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm like, whoa, but I'm grateful for those three people. Absolutely. Because yeah. like those three people, one of the girls now today is the president of my foundation. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, so Well, that's how you get to 20. Yes. You, you can't know. get to 20 without the three. No, we, exactly. You can't get where you need to go without the first step, which is the most important and the most hardest step. Yeah. So for sure. I actually started with them and then, you know, it it went pretty good for a couple of days. I you know, I was making a few dollars, ten dollars a class, and some days nobody showed up. Some days I was literally shit in the garage and no one showed up. Just got huh? you just got you a good workout in. Yeah, like I'm just sitting like, okay, here we go. Somebody's gonna come up. Nobody showed up. And I'm uh-huh. like, Wow. And you know, but I didn't give up. That's the the most important thing. Like I I didn't give up. I believed in myself enough to say, you know, hey. You just got to keep pushing. What what you? I mean, what was going through your mind during that time? Were you? Were you? I'm I'm sure at some level you were frustrated and down a little bit because you weren't getting I, what you I wanted. Did but- I, I questioned myself a little bit, like like like, because I knew I found my purpose and my passion in prison, and I'm like, God did this for me for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. And once I got home, and some people didn't show up, and I, nobody showed up, I'm like. I don't know. This is this is gonna work. You it, know? Would have, it would have been easy to give up because yes. you know it, it would have been so much easier. And I, if I had the same mindset that I had before I went in, then I would have, I would have been like, you can still go back to the factory, Dale. Yeah, and no, get that. factory nothing. Like <laughs> if I had the same mindset that I had when I got when I, before I went in, I would have been back on the streets. Right. But I had a bigger purpose, and I knew. Someone was counting on me. I had mm-hmm. two boys that was counting on me. I had a wife that was counting on me. I had people that believed in me when I was in prison and say, listen, you can make it. They was counting on me. And like, and I would be doing them a disservice. I went back to the streets. So that's what really kept me going forward. You know, I had to look at them like I could not see myself looking my kids in the eye and tell them like, I'm going back to prison again. You know, and that's the reality for me. Like, I'm, I can't go back. They need me, you know, I, and I need them just as much as they need me. So I end up. Actually, you know, fast forward, I ended up starting that to go to Fit for Life, and I was paying them a fee for like four hundred dollars a month to rent their space out. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it worked out for a while. You know, then it kind of went back to the same thing. Some people might show up, some people might not. And so I ended up calling a friend that I was locked up with, and he was got out like two years before me, and he was like, "Man, you might need to start running ninety day challenges." So I start running nine day challenges. First class is seventy two people. Why? Why is that? Like, why do you think that? What is so appealing about that compared because to what you were doing before? It's a it's a challenge. An end date. Yes, it's a big start and an end date, and it's a challenge. You know, and people just don't want. Like, I learned people at when I started, they just didn't want to work out. Like now, if they got a challenge to lose whatever or gain whatever they want. It's a 90 day challenge. And it's just really a mindset. Like it's some, it's what the words that speak to their mind, 
That right. was the most important thing. So we started that, and our first class was like 72 people. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, but the gym owners is like, you might have to move your class to a different <laughs> time. And I'm like, this is prime time. Like 4.30, people is off work. They're getting off. And we're in Frankfurt, what the, where a lot of state workers is at. So they get off at 4.30, come to the gym. But that that lasted about <laughs> that lasted about maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And then they end up kicking me out. Okay. They kicked me out. I, you would think, I mean, if I'm the gym owner, they, I, they, I'm trying to work out something, some sort of different revenue sharing <laughs> program. But anyways, that was that ended up being a good thing for you. And that, it turned out to be the best thing for me. Yeah. Because when you work for someone or you work under someone else's restrictions, there's a cap. There's a ceiling. There's, a, there's only so far you they allow you to go or so far that you can go without overstepping boundaries. So they end up kicking me out. And but in the same day, in the same breath, they kicked me out that day. I signed the lease for my new spot, my own place. So we opened up my own place in November the 25th, 2017. And then we ended up taking off of having like over 200 something members. Well, I will say this. I remember the first time I went in there, I feel like I'm in okay shape. I went in there. <laughs> Everybody that comes in, I think they are in okay shape until they, after they after this class. I remember, I remember you, I don't even remember what the, the exercise was, but I was struggling, man. I was dying. I'm sitting here cursing at you in my mind and probably out loud. I know. And you start saying something like, this isn't as easy as, you know, crunching numbers and picking investments. And I'm like, damn, yes, he's got not. me there. Yes. He's got me there because. But what I love about Guru Fitness and for people that don't know what Guru Fitness stands for, it stands for generate unique results ultimately. So our whole thing is not fitness. That's not our that's not our thing. Like, yeah, you get fitness there, but our whole thing is mindset. Right. Because if I can't change your mindset, I can't change your body. And and people have a big problem with it, mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta think America is a low self-esteem culture. Why is that? Do you think it, it starts from? I agree. It with starts you. from. It starts from grade school. I mean, from. Uh, I mean, kindergarten. If you think about it, think about when you you want to be one of the kids that sit up front or raise your hand and ask the questions all the time, and the kids be like, "Why you always ask the questions? Why you do this?" And they they make you have that low self esteem, and they planted that seed into your subconscious mind to like, "Nah, don't do that." Right. And then they keep watering it and nurturing it, and now. The, the seed grows. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a big problem that, you know, you, you, you kind of look, especially in healthcare and I, I know you're much more up on the trends than me, but, um, and you know, again, I try to look at some of these things because it impacts, I mean, I, I try to invest in some of these things. Yes. So I try to look at who, who in the healthcare business that's publicly traded right. is, is doing things in an innovative, meaningful way that's going to solve problems that we have today. And that's what Guru Fitness does. We solve problems now, and people don't. People think they come in just to get exercises. You can get exercises. You can get exercises and reps anywhere in the world. Absolutely. But you can't get the content that we give you anywhere in the world because everybody's not vulnerable. Everybody's not transparent, and everybody's not open about speaking about things that make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if I make you uncomfortable, and then I teach you, you make about, me uncomfortable. <laughs> and, if I, and if I teach you. You know, then I allow that makes you grow because I got to stretch you for be able to grow. So think about this: if you are a rubber band and you stretch it, you stretch it all the way out, right? It never goes back to that same size, right? Right. This is how exactly how I'm going to do your mind. Your mind. I'm going to stretch it. I'm going to push you. I'm going to make you. Feel, I'm getting more bourbon right now. I'm going to make you feel adversity. I'll make you feel obstacles because if I can make you do those things inside the gym, then you'll know what it feel like when you go outside in the world. That was a lot. Um, I really needed more bourbon for that because people need to open their minds up. And in a lot of businesses, and fitness is probably the same way as many other industries, there's this echo chamber, right? Everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's, and they're acting like it's original. Everyone's running their businesses the same way. Everyone's, you know, I look at stock analysis, for Mm -hmm. example. Everyone's just, really doing the exact same thing and saying, saying the same things. And that's how you have opportunities because if everyone's doing that and no one's taking an actual critical look um, and, and an original look 
at identifying opportunities. Yes. There, there's a gap there. There's a gap. And that's why you have certain, uh, you know, stocks, for example, that, that outperform yes. because people weren't looking at it right. And I'll go back to Tesla because it's an easy example for me because I've followed the company for so long. For so long, people wanted to compare Tesla to Ford or GM. I get and it. say they're 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 making cars. So mm-hmm. they're they're car makers. What people were forgetting was Tesla was also getting into the chip making business. Right. The the solar roof business. They had superchargers to charge your vehicles when no other automakers were doing that. They were working with Panasonic to build batteries. They were actually, you know, Tesla's very vertically integrated. Yes. They make a lot of their own parts where yes. most other automakers have to buy those from other people. Yeah. They're n- they weren't an automaker. They right. were a software company, an automaker, a battery company. So you had these analysts out here, tr- you know, using the same metrics and saying, well, compared to Ford, Tesla is overvalued. Why are you comparing them to Ford? Right. Why aren't you comparing them to NVIDIA? Why aren't you comparing them to Samsung right. and Microsoft? Right. You know, and and those those type of disconnects create opportunities. And we've talked about with with your business, which I think is fantastic. How can you innovate even more? How can you reach more people? You're yes. only you're only one man. I'm only one man. So, um, so how you, we do that is also we we have the app, we have virtual, and what most um, a lot of gyms might not do, we actually have the virtual where we offer. Two workouts where we offer body weight workout and we offer weight workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, and like people say when they come and what you made a great analogy is about they trying to compare Tesla to Ford. Like, and a lot of people come in and say they try to compare us to CrossFit. No, this is Guru Fitness. We have a whole nother different method, right? You know, a whole nother different terminology. We have a whole nother way how we do things here because. At the end of the day, we make it affordable for everyone and we are super diverse. Yeah, you are. Yeah. That's the thing. Like we have every walk of life and nobody's no different when they walk in the door. You know, not, we don't have clicks. We don't have these. Like you can be a convicted felon, mm-hmm. a high school dropout, a doctor, valedictorian, and we all in the same room. We all have the same objectives. Well, Dale, you and I went and talked to some kids in a school uh, here. With some kids who were maybe not necessarily on the best path. They were having some struggles. Yes. A lot of them had family issues, things like that. That was a first for me. You've done those sort of speaking yes. engagements before. And frankly, you, you, I think, have a lot more to offer. But one of the reasons I thought it was just a great opportunity was we're very different. Um, we're a lot alike. Exactly. But we're very different on... When you look at us. Exactly. Um, you mentioned your dreads earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, your dreads, how long are your dreads? If you, I've never seen them down. Mm-hmm. They're probably. They probably like have past my middle of my back. And you are just absolutely buff. And here I am. <laughs> and you were, you know, when we did that, I was wearing a suit that day. And I wore workout shorts and a Guru Fitness t-shirt. You know, we were the odd couple. Exactly. And I think that's so cool because you and I can have conversations about investing for, you know, our family's future. Right. About growing our businesses. Right. Um, about mindset and mentality. And yet when people are looking at us, they're probably like, what the hell's going on here? You and, know? And and you and I know, love that. And and I, I totally love it. But once I, I learned this, if you all your friends listen to the same music, wear the same clothes, do all the same things, then you're missing out on life. Yeah, you because need to get some more friends. You need to be diverse because now it opens you up to other things. And I'm like, and those kids that we went to talk to, mm-hmm. it was great that they came to see you because they've been exposed to something different because that's not what they see. Right. You know, they don't see people that talk about investments. They don't, that's not something what they see. It's not something that they hear at their household. Right. You know, like me, like I had to learn myself. But now that I learned, I exposed the people that look like me. And to the same thing, because growing up, parents didn't talk about going to a bank and getting no money. Right. You know, they were talking about like, don't put your money in the bank, put your money on your mattress. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the stuff that I learned, you know, that's the stuff I've seen. But I knew when I was of age, I had to change that. So let me ask you this, because that's a great segue to some of the things I wanted to ask you, kind of transitioning to money and wealth and what that means. This is, and this is a very 
open-ended question. What does wealth mean to you? When you think about wealth, what what is the definition of wealth? Two things. Freedom Mm -hmm. and future. Future meaning that my daughter, my sons, if I'm going away today, they're still okay. And then they understand that they can still do the same thing that I did because I need, I want freedom. You know, I want to be able to spend time with my family. I want to be able to spend time with my daughter. You know, I'm a little bit older, but I have a baby girl. So when she's like 16, <laughs> I'm like 60, you know, <laughs> so it's going to, it's going to be crazy. I got a younger wife. So I'm like, I need that freedom, you know, but, and also I want them just to be able to see and, and learn things different, not give them what I didn't have. I want them to know what I didn't have and be able to apply what I didn't have when I was growing up because my mom and dad didn't talk about stocks. They didn't talk about 401k. They didn't talk about Roth IRAs. They didn't talk about UTMA, uh, UTMAs, like stuff like that. They didn't talk about this stuff. And that was so foreign. But when now it's my duty to teach my kids that being that I possibly have a kid that actually is going to go into the NFL. So he needs to know all the way possible that well, he's he going to go broke. He better because, <laughs> you know, I, you know it, it, first off, Wandell's incredibly talented. He's got an amazing opportunity in front of him. And I know, you know, he's going to do his part mm-hmm. to maximize that. But you're right. What you're doing and what you've been learning over the last two, five, three, three, three couple years, years yeah. yeah, is going to serve. It's going to serve you well. It's going to serve your children very, very well. And it'll serve their children one day. And that is, that's my duty. And that's how you leave the legacy. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And we've talked, we talk about, you know, I'm a first time dad. I've got a nine month old um, at home and we've talked a lot about that. You hear it. It's so cliche. It changes you. It yes. changes your, how you think about things and it changes how you think about opportunity. It, th- it changes how you think about the future and things like that. Um, and, I will say this, and I'm going to brag on you for a second. The most impressive thing about you to me is your willingness and not only willingness, your just total eagerness to learn, to learn about things that you didn't get a chance to learn about before. And that to me is one, super impressive. Um, B, it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard as an adult to say, I don't know shit about that. I need your, that's why I'm talking to you. I'm okay with that. And, and you, I, you've done that. And I'm, and I hope people understand this, that you're never going to know it all, but it's okay to be a student. Yeah. You, you should to, be. You like you, you are a student for life. And I ain't talking about books. I'm talking about life. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I like to learn from different people because everybody have a skill. Everybody has a gift. You know, if you can learn from people from their gift and you can apply what you learn from them to your life, then it makes your life just so much better. But if you go in yeah. knowing it all and you don't show some humility, then that's where you go fail. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, I've learned a ton from you. Um, I'm sure everyone who's listening, I'm telling you, every time I talk to you, I'm ready to freaking run through a brick wall. <laughs> There's a brick wall right next to me. When you leave, I might try to, I'll probably just leave it a, an imprint. No more, no more four roses at all. <laughs> No more, no more. Oh my gosh, Uh, I can't believe I'm being cut off on my own show. Yes, no more. Uh, What's your third one or your second one? That's just my second. Come on, man. Stop embellishing. (laughs) Good Lord. I'm still halfway on my first one. Well, see, no push up competition, but I'm winning the drinking competition. No, I mean, who's drink less? (laughs) No, I'm not about that. (laughs) So, all right, I've got another question for you. Mm -hmm. Dale Robinson, today. And you, we can phrase this a lot of different ways because you have kids about the age I'm going to ask. Right. What would you tell 20-year-old Dale Robinson about money? Or rephrase, what what are you telling Dale Vaughn and Juan Dale about money today that you didn't know about when you were growing up? First credit. Man, establish your credit. Like, I that's something I did not know nothing about. Like, When did um, you learn about credit? When I was like 30. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like 14 years ago. Like in prison, like I'm learning about credit. I didn't know like you had to have credit to do this. You need credit to do that. I got went to college, got a credit card, of course, most people, and ran it up. Right. And didn't have a dime to pay it back. Free that's money. So, <laughs> that's not free. <laughs> you know, uh, and and know that money is not I hate this. This is it's about money, but it's not. I want the people to know that. 
Money isn't everything. I agree. I really think relationships and information is very more important than money. And but I really what I would tell them though is that you know invest your money. You know, invest it very wisely. You know, um, know that you're not going to be able to work forever. You don't want to work forever. And put your money where you know it's going to grow for you. And be very smart about it. And don't just don't blow it. <laughs> like I got a kid I know he's he's having I got two kids. One's high maintenance and, and one's not. Yeah. The one that's younger, he's high maintenance. So that's why I gotta stay close to him a little bit longer. Well, every everyone's different. Yes. Everyone views money differently. And you know, when I was trying to, you know, just little things, when I was trying to write copy for my website for my new firm, I wanted to make it clear. I don't think money's everything. Right. I'm a financial advisor. I love investing. I've been eaten up with this stuff since I was very young. Right. For, I don't even know. I can't even explain to you why. Um, but that's just that's just who I am. But that doesn't mean I worship money. That right. doesn't mean that um, you know I try to get my clients to save every penny, forget about having the life they want, invest it all, and die with a lot large sum of money. Like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. Right. And you know. I think that's really important. Money is a means to an end. Yes. For me, you you mentioned freedom earlier. Yes. That's that's really how I define wealth as well. Because, you know, when I'm retired, you know, hopefully long, you know, 25, 30 years from now, and my wife Kate and I are watching TV or something, and there's a cool place somewhere in the world that we're like, that looks freaking awesome. Right. I want to be able to say, let's go. And, you know, that's just not... Financial freedom, that's personal freedom. Absolutely. A lot of people don't have personal freedom. Cause think about like you you own your own business. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you have some you have some money, whatever, right? I own my own business, I have a little money. If your daughter's having a ceremony in school and she's gonna get an award, but if you work with someone, they tell you, you can't go. You're right. What you gonna do? You're right. So, you know, like that's that to me, like that really is more important than that money, like, you know, I understand I got to put food on the table and I got to make sure that she's taken care of, but missing that, that's personal freedom. Well, we I talked about this. Go that, like, that's something that thrives me to make sure that I have that freedom because I don't want my kids to know that like, that is going to be at everything in the world. Like, right. he's going to be there. It's gotta, it, better, it better be something that one of my other kids is doing that I ain't something. <laughs> right. Like, you know, right. so, like, that's just, that's just how I see it. And, like, and that's why I I try to I try to set myself up for that freedom, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's like dealing with you, and you know, making sure that I create things that always generating some kind of wealth. You well, know? we talked about this before we actually turned the recording stuff on. I thought it was pretty um, interesting, but I think we live in a society that, unfortunately, a lot of times, how much you worked, how long you worked, yes, how much you sacrificed your family for work. Is like some sick bragging right, and I I really really hate that. Um, that was part of my motivation for starting my own firm. You know that doesn't make sense to me. Not at all. If you're working for your family, then why would you sacrifice your family for your work? Talk to like me. what you know what what is it? <laughs> which, which is it? Yes. And you know so what I decided to do really was say, hey, will there be some limitations on how much I can do as far as how big my business can get? Maybe right. But but that's okay. Right. I'm okay with that. Exactly. I, you know, I know what I want and what I need and what my family needs. I'm okay. I don't need to be, you know, the biggest wealth manager in the world. Right. And and I in fact, not only do I not need to be, I don't want to be. I because mean, I know what that person's gotta do. Exactly. And it's more than I'm willing to give, do. Yeah, like he, he's willing to give up a little bit more. And and that's fine. You know, I, and and that's okay with me too. Like, because I feel like just from being a person that missed so much. Like I cherish those, I cherish those, and I'm grateful that I'm able to go to those things. So, you know, money is not everything. That's why I love a lot. Guru Fitness is that's why I love Guru Fitness so much. And and yes, we have to have money to run and, and stay open. But my first thing is this. I tell them this, and this might people might say this is wrong, but this is lets them know how much I really care. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not gonna show up, don't give me your money. All right. Like don't just don't give me your money because I'm not one of these big companies where they don't care if you show up or not. As long as they, that card runs every month, 
Right. That's what they care about. Like, that's not what I care about. I care about you coming there and get what you need to do, get what you need so you can go back home and give it to your family. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, I think some of these women come in, some of these guys come in, they, they've been through some things. They're having bad days. But I really feel like Guru Fitness actually helps them have a better day because this is a, a culture. It's a community. And we create a sense of fulfillment. You know, we create a feeling that a lot of people don't. Like some gyms just go in, you work out, nobody speaks to you, go home. No. You come in, people go ask you, how you doing? Are you having a good day? Are you having a bad day? Because you might not know it, but you just asking someone how their day was changes their whole day. Absolutely. Well, I want to capture just a little bit of that in, <laughs> in my business, Dale, because that's what I want people to feel, a sense of fulfillment. Yes. As they as they inch closer and grind closer and claw closer to their financial goals, whatever it is, I want them to feel proud of it. Right. You know, it's not easy. No, it's not. It's, it's very not. easy to set long-term goals aside and focus on what do I have to do today. So, you know, I, I, I think the mentality of, you know, feeling fulfilled and, and reaching goals and, and community, those are all things that you've done really well with your business. And I, I commend you. I think it's freaking fantastic. The talks you give at the end of a workout, here you are ready to freaking kill yourself because, <laughs> you know, your body's aching and you <laughs> thought you weren't going to survive it. And then you or, or somebody else even, you know, yes, they, gives a little talk that, that makes you feel like, okay, well, that, that was worth it. <laughs> yes. And some people, they, they tell me like, like, yeah, the workouts are fine. But I come here because I need the, 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 the talk. I yeah. need to hear you talk. Like, I need you to tell me I need to hear this. Because when you speak, it's like you're speaking to me. Right. You know, it's like. I might not go to church, but like I'm going to church. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, but the thing is, this what I love though is it allows me to, to, and like they don't know that it's therapy for me as well. Like just to be able to be vulnerable and transparent, which a lot of people are scared to be vulnerable because they might feel like they want, they don't want someone to see them in a different light. But actually, it makes you that much stronger to be able to put your stuff out there and say, well, this is what I used to do, but this is how I changed it though. I'm not just telling you what I did, but I'm telling you how. I corrected it or whatever. So, you know, I, that's just something that I thrive off of. And I really feel like that's the difference between Guru Fitness and everybody else. We are, we're running out of time, Dale. I think I want to touch on one more thing. Okay. We've talked about it. Yeah. And in fact, after we talked for the first time, I actually ended up writing a, a post. Uh, I think it was my first, maybe first, second, third early on blog post okay about it because i was like man that's going to be relatable for so many people mm -hmm. it's it's just a, a you know it's just a concept that's going to resonate with people and it, when we talked about it in person i think it was the first time we met or maybe the second time i thought that, that's really good a lot of people will get that that's a very good you know comparison we talked about how building wealth is basically the same as building your body going to the gym mm-hmm because the, the principles are the same. You're not going to go to the gym for a week, look in the mirror and say, well, I basically look the same. Like I'm going to give up on this. I mean, some people might. Some people do. Some, and some people do. <laughs> and some people do that with money. Exactly. But when you're investing. It's long-term. It's long-term. And, long so, and so is working out. Yeah, if you're yeah. looking in the mirror every day and trying to notice some huge change, mm -hmm. you're going to quit because you're, you're not going to get that change. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. So we, we talked about that. What were some of the other principles? I mean, just consistency. You you have to be consistent. Like that's, that's, I mean, you got to consistently, you know, if you're going to invest, you got to consistently invest, but you got to invest what you can invest. You know, like some people overdo it, you know, some people trying to do a little bit too much. And same when you come in the gym, you overdo it, you a little bit too much, you throw up and then you don't come back, <laughs> you know? So, you know, talking about me? And so, you know, sometimes you just got to come in and, and do just enough to get you started, you know, do what you feel. can. Yeah. And like, don't look at no one else is doing, don't try to keep Pete with nobody else because at the end of the day, it's only your journey. And at the end of the day, this is only your investment. Like nobody knows what you put in there unless you tell them, you know, so you can just compete with your own self and stop trying to worry about what somebody else is doing and, and just take the, the steps that you need to get where you need to go at because your journey is your journey. Nobody can live your journey but you. Well, and something's better than nothing, Dale. Always. Like if if you can't go to the gym every day and work out for an hour, but when you get home, you have 20 minutes, 
That's better. I mean, same with money. If you don't have, if you can't put away, you know, $5,000 a month, that's okay. That doesn't mean don't put anything away. Exactly. If, if you've got 25 bucks, put that away. So, I mean, all, all these principles, and to me, what it really amounts up to, because they're they're really the same. It's the same. It's And they're both investments. One is an investment in your health, and one's an investment in your financial health. Exactly. So, that the principles are the same, and- I think, you know, if you follow just a couple simple things, I mean, start today. Yep. How many times do you hear from someone? I'm, I'm guilty of this at times. I try not to, to do it, but, um, if, you know, when it comes to workouts, I'll, I'll do this. I'll admit it. So you can yell at me later, <laughs> but I'm going to start, I'll start next week. Next week. Never get here. How many times you hear that? All the time. I, I hear that all the time with investing. I'll, I'll start I'll, next year. Next year. I'll get a raise. I'll start next year. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to listen. This is something that, and, and I had to do it myself. Like I just had to go like, even I invested a hundred dollars and get started. Like it doesn't make a difference. You just got to get started. It's never going to be the perfect time. It's never going to be the, the, uh, you have the right amount of money. You just, you just got to start where you start. Like, and you just got to learn. I'm going to meet myself where I'm at. Not nobody else. You got to meet yourself where you at and just start, like take the first step. And so many people are scared to take the first step because it's the hardest. But once they take their first step, the next step is going to be just a little bit easier. I would be the best financial advisor in the world if I could fast forward every person I talk to's life, no matter how small they're starting with, 20 years and say, if you do this, here's what you'd be in 20 years. But I and I can't do that. So you ha- you just have to start today. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? That twenty years is gonna go. It's, exactly. it's gonna be here. One thing for thing. Uh, one thing for sure. Two things for certain. Time ain't gonna stop. Nobody. Exactly. So, <laughs> and the same with working out. Don't start next week. No, you can start right now. I mean, not right now. Dale. Yes, you can. Listen, Gosh. even you can start right now. If you listen to this podcast, you can start right <laughs> now. Like, there, listen now. Like, I'm gonna end up doing push-ups <laughs> after the show. Don't do not wait. Just start now. Like you got to start. And I don't care if you start with a hundred jumping jacks. You did something. That's like if you you so used to getting a full tank of gas, but you only got seven dollars. You not and you get around the gas, but you not go put the seven dollars in there. <laughs> right. That don't make sense. No, so, you know, put the seven seven dollars in there. You got some and keep see how far you can go. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. know. Any parting words, Dale? It's been a pleasure. I love talking to you. You know that. Um, I love your story. I think it's so inspirational. It's a real story. Everything, about real everything that's and that's what I love about like a lot of people see these people on social media and you know they have these pictures with these Lambos and you know and they are doing these things that they say they're doing, but then when you see them, they're not it's doing fake. it. I when you if Dale Robinson underscore guru on Instagram, that's my page. You can go follow me. You can go check my page out. Everything that I said here is on my page. Like I'm, I'm authentic. Like I don't, I'm not gonna be somebody I'm not. I don't, and I don't know how to do that. Um, also, if you're looking for workouts and you, you just needs a kickstarter, you can go to YouTube Guru Fitness LLC and subscribe to my Guru Fitness page. We have plenty of workouts on there for all levels of fitness. It doesn't make a difference if you're advanced, beginner. You've been on the couch eating. Potato chips, drinking bourbon. <laughs> don't, don't, make a, don't make bourbon the bad guy here, Dale. It doesn't make a difference. But yes, we we have fitness for everybody. And it's a lifestyle. You just got to start and understand that the most important muscle that you actually can work is not your mind. And it's not your biceps. And it's not your chest. And it's not your butt. For the ladies that's listening, it's your heart. Without the heart, nothing else works. Well, that's good stuff, Dale. I appreciate you for being on. For everyone listening, um, hit that subscribe button. Dale is one of many awesome guests we have coming up. We've got people from the bourbon business coming up. We've got some financial people who are going to bring some incredible knowledge and uh, interesting experiences onto the show. So we've got a wide array of people from different backgrounds. And we'll talk about what we talked about today. Life, (laughs) money, bourbon, and whatever else comes up because I want this show to be fun. And I wanted to just uh, really be a conversation. If, if nobody listens, I still had fun talking to you today, Dell. So. I, mean, I enjoyed it. I totally appreciate you having me. I'm super grateful of everything you know that you do for having me on the show. So 
Thank you so much. All right, sir. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. And we'll see you next time.